Good morning, Bethel. You guys can have a seat. How's everybody doing? 930? Yeah, I heard the 930 crowd was a little more responsive. Yeah, this is awesome. Looks like we've all survived Thanksgiving. Yeah, some of us have survived Black Friday, I guess, until our spouses see the credit card bills at the end of the month. And then uh, the jury's still out, I guess. Anyway, my name's Chris. Uh, We have only been coming here, me and my family, for the last couple of months. And still, you guys have welcomed us in as family uh, and we uh, honestly, it, it's just been an honor and a privilege to be with you guys the last couple of months. Uh, we love being here. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, uh, we would invite you guys to visit mybethel.cc connect. There's a QR code on the front of your card as well as a text message number if you want to text us instead. Uh, we would love to get to guys, uh, know you guys a little bit better uh, so that you guys can get to know us a little bit better. Uh, and we'd love to connect and meet you guys where you are. Um, the last few weeks, uh, we have been going through the Bethel Cares service uh, it's series, and we've been talking about how the church can care for our church as a whole, our communities, our nation, and our world. And I guess that really just leaves one question, and that's, who cares? Did I say that with the right inflection? Who cares? Who cares? No, who cares? So uh, we'd like to just uh, invite you to open your Bibles up uh, at this time. Prepare your hearts for what God has for us as we continue in the Bethel Cares service. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I uh, am hopeful that you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I actually heard from many, many people that Thanksgiving was a little bit different this year, whether it was due to uh, illness or or canceled travel plans or something like that. Um, And so uh, I I recognize that uh, Thanksgiving, maybe not for all of us, was, uh, was what we hoped or expected it to be. Uh, but I'm hopeful that you were able to find some things uh, in this season, even uh, even in the midst of everything going on, that you are thankful for. I know there's a lot in my life that I'm uh, super grateful for and thankful for the Lord uh, doing in my in my life. Um, and I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity to just uh, open up God's Word uh, for with you guys this morning. We've talked through several different things in the Bethel Care series. This is going to be our closing uh, of this series, so we're going to uh, step into a new series heading into. Uh, into Christmas, but um, it's been an enjoyable one for me and a challenging one for me to step outside of uh, myself and to really ask myself uh, some hard questions, even about as a pastor, right? You get sometimes wrapped up into doing the work of the ministry, so to speak, and sometimes you can kind of put your head down and focus uh, on what's uh, just right in front of you, and sometimes we need to lift our head and say, okay, what what does God want me to do um, and step into in the world around me that, um, that can drive change? So, Uh, With that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and pray and ask uh, that God would uh, bless our time together this morning and that uh, he would challenge us to uh, step into something personally, uh, maybe that he's been working on our lives to do through this series. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we love you. Uh, We thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to to gather in this place. I thank you for the health of uh, the people who are here. I thank you for the people who uh, maybe were unable to make it today and are maybe joining us online. 
Uh, and so I just pray that um, you would uh, just help our, our thoughts and our attention and our hearts to be focused on, on you and what you're doing, not only in our community, in our city, but around the world uh, as well. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, okay, so I have a question for you, and this, this service only, this message only is going to work if I get some participation, okay? So don't be scared, but I do need you to participate with me and interact a little bit, okay? So I have a question. Who in the room would consider themselves to be a leader? By raise of hand, sorry. So by raise of hand, who in, who in the room would consider themselves to be a leader? Okay, Good. We have we have several leaders in the room. Okay, uh, Jeremiah, did I see you? Did I see you raise your hand? Okay. Would you would you mind coming up and helping with something real quick? You're you're uh, you you'll be perfect. You'll you'll be a great at this. Okay. So Jeremiah, uh, as as a leader, considers himself to be a leader. Uh, works hard. I, I know him. I know him personally, and I'm thankful for him and the relationship that we have. This was unplanned. We didn't like script this out or anything. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask the crowd to participate, and I'm just going to ask you to do a series of, of movements. You don't have to use your mouth. You don't have to talk. I'm not going to give you a microphone or make you like do something crazy, but whatever you want to do. If you want to step to the side, you can step to the side. If you want to step forward, whatever, um, but it needs to be all movements that the crowd can do, okay? Okay. So everyone, everyone go ahead and stand up. Everyone stand up, and I'm going to ask you to follow the direction of Jeremiah here as your leader, okay? So um, I'll just, just maybe three or four movements, uh, go, go ahead and, and do some movements, and then crowd, you, you go along and uh, uh, participate as well. Go ahead. Oh, okay, see, this is, we ran into our first issue here. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's say for sake of people not running into each other and bonking each other's heads, yeah, it was kind of funny. I didn't, I, I didn't think that one through, so I'll, I'll, I'll brush that up in second service. Okay, so you follow the, 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 the direction, not his direction, but your direction, okay? So don't talk with your mouth, just, just follow along with him. Okay, go ahead. There we go. Now, now we're getting better. Okay. Nice. Oh, that was good. Okay. Somebody smash your face. Oh, turn around. That was a good one. Okay. All right. All right. Everyone give it up for Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Jeremiah, as your designated leader for the moment, happened to be in a position where he was given the, the opportunity and the privilege to direct you and tell you directly what to do. And sometimes we define leadership in this way of like, oh, I'm only a leader if I find myself in a position where I'm telling people what to do. Okay. And so uh, this morning, I really want to uh, maybe give you an idea or show you in scripture of a leader who um, was submissive to another, okay? And his name was Joshua. So I, I realize, and the reality is that not all of us find ourselves in positions, whether in the workplace or even in the home or whatever it may be, whether you have kids or not, not all of us find ourselves in a position where we are directly telling people what to do. But this does not mean that God cannot and is not using us to lead people in significant ways. And so this morning, I want to look at the life of Joshua 
and help us maybe see how God used his life to impact an entire nation of people. And so go ahead and turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 23 and 24. We're going to spend a little bit of time in both those chapters this morning. Uh, if you don't have a paper Bible with you, there is a live event. If you have on your smartphone or your tablet, you can go to the Bible app and click on the three bars at the bottom right and pull up our live event and follow along there. Or the, the verses will be up on the screen as well, because I want you to see them and see what Joshua is saying. But while you're turning there and while we're getting, uh, you're getting situated and everything, I want to spend a little bit of time this morning um, talking about who Joshua was and, and really what he did. And so I, I'm going to give you kind of a, the Cliff Notes version of his life and, and his leadership over the people of Israel. So Joshua was the successor of Moses. So Moses was the people of Israel. God promised them a land, and which is why it's called the promised land, that he said he was going to give to them for the nation of Israel to inhabit. Okay, and so uh, there were some things that happened with Moses uh, that didn't allow him to do that, which then led for an entire nation or an entire generation of people uh, of the nation of Israel to die off before they were actually able to go into the promised land. And Joshua was the successor of Moses. He took over leadership once Moses died, and he was the one that led them across the Jordan River into the land that God had promised um, and to, to conquer the land. And this wasn't going to be necessarily an easy task because obviously there were nations that were inhabiting the land at the time. And so in order for them to take over the land, they had to conquer all the nations that they would run into around the time when they entered into the land. So we see uh, Joshua was the one, we kind of see this conquest of him going through the promised land, the, the land that God had promised the people of Israel to inhabit, and he led them to do so. And one of the things that as I was looking through the life of Joshua uh, this, this week and the weeks prior and leading up to today, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was the simple fact, if you want to sum up Joshua's like, life and leadership, one of the things that could be said about him is that he simply just believed God. He believed God at his word. If you remember early on, even before Joshua took over leadership, they sent 12 spies into the land that God had promised them to kind of check it out. And they came back, and all, the, all these spies that, that checked out the land, they were like, man, there's some, there's some big people there. Like, I don't, know, I don't know that we can really conquer them. And it was only Joshua and Caleb who were the ones who had faith to say, you know what, God's promised us this land. And so because he's promised us this land, we believe that we can go in and we can conquer. Um, and so that didn't end up happening, obviously, right away. There was a generation of people who didn't believe God, and so they died off, and now it was time for them to enter into the land. So they crossed the Jordan River, which through some miraculous things uh, that you can read uh, early on, but they step over the, the Jordan River, they cross over, and they begin to conquer the land. One of the first cities they came to was Jericho. And if you remember anything about Jericho growing up in, in kids' church, or if you've been a part of the church for a long time or read your Bible, read, uh, read the book of Joshua, you know that there were some pretty, like, just absurd directions from God. So Joshua actually sought the Lord. He said, man, here, here we are leading the people of Israel. I'm coming through. Uh, we, we come to this land that is fortified by these walls. What are we going to do? And what does God tell them to do? He tells them to march around the city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, march around seven times and blow the trumpets and make a ton of noise. And the walls came, you know, like in kids, the walls came tumbling down. I don't know if you ever sang that song. Uh, but it was this miraculous thing that happened because Joshua was diligent 
to seek what God had. And so I want to I, I want to illustrate for you this morning, um, maybe a little bit different kind of leadership. So a, a lot of a lot of times we define leadership as somebody who is the head honcho, who's in charge. He's telling people what to do, and the buck stops with him or her, whatever. But I want to I, I want to do something. I, I want to show you something a little bit different to maybe help us wrap our minds around this idea of submissive uh, leadership, which Joshua I think modeled throughout his his life and leadership. So once again, I'm going to ask how many of you guys in the room would consider yourself a leader? Go ahead and, and put your hands up. Okay, perfect. Whoa, there wasn't as many hands. Are you afraid that I'm going to call you up on stage? Okay, this is good. This is good. Okay, so I'm going to ask it one more time. I'm not, I won't, I promise, I'll promise you this. How about this? If you raise your hand, I'm not going to call you on stage. Okay, how many of you guys consider yourself a leader? Please God, don't all the hands go up. Okay, so there, there's several people, and that's okay. It's okay to be confident and to say, you know what, God's put me in a position to be in a place of leadership, and, and that's good. So how many of you, uh, go ahead, keep your hands up. How many of you would consider yourself to be a leader? Okay, you can raise them high because I can't see. The lights are on my face. Okay, this is good. Okay, let's go. Uh, Danny, would you come help me up on stage? And Lisa, would you come help me up on stage? Come on. This is good. This will be really good. Trust me. You didn't raise your, you did, did you raise your hand? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's why I called you up. That's good. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I didn't see your hand. Okay, go ahead and come up on stage. Danny, I'm going to have you uh, be here right in the middle. And Lisa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you. So all you're going to do, okay, and uh, crowd, you're, you're going to participate as well. So I'm going to have you do several movements or, or several things. If you touch his right leg, Danny, I'm going to have you step to the right, okay? If you touch his left leg, I'm going to have him step to the left. If you touch his right arm or left arm, if, if it's down, it's going to go up. If it's up, it's going to go down, okay? Clear? Clear as mud? Okay, good. So those four things, touch left arm, right arm, left leg, right leg, okay? And that's it. So, and you're going to do what she did. Now, Audience, I'm going to need you to guys to stand up, and you are going to follow the leadership of Danny through Lisa, okay? All right, so you're, you're kind of the brainchild behind all this, all right? So you kind of indirectly through Danny tell the crowd what to do. All right, go ahead. Nice. This is good. You guys, you guys are rock stars. Okay, perfect. Now he's back to original position. You guys can have a seat. You guys stay up. So check this out. So even though neither one of you would consider yourself to be a leader, whether that was you were afraid to raise your hand because you would get called on stage or you truly don't consider yourself to be a leader, what happened there was by submitting to another, you were able to lead or you were able to move a crowd, okay? So you guys go ahead and give them a round of applause. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Okay, so... Let me say this, Joshua was not a good leader. Joshua was not a, a strong leader because he always knew what to do, right? Joshua was a, was a good leader because he was diligent to seek the Lord and what he would have him to do, right? So you see what happened. Danny was willing to put himself in a position, I know it's kind of scary to get up on stage on a Sunday morning, but Danny was willing to put himself in a position where he submitted to another and followed the directions of another, which then led you to do the things that you were asked to do on, uh, through, through Danny, 
Okay, and so this is kind of like this idea of, of what Joshua did. There were several times, one of the next cities that they came to was a town called Ai, and it was a super small town, especially compared to Jericho. They thought to themselves, man, we're going like, to dominate these guys, because if we ju- were able to just defeat the whole city of Jericho, then surely we'll be able to beat the city of Ai, or the town of Ai. So they come to the town, and they actually run off. They don't, they don't send as many people because they're like, eh, they kind of, like, we got this under control, and they were actually ran off and did not defeat the town of Ai. And so Joshua went back to the drawing board, and he said, God, like, what, what's going on? Like, I thought you've given us a land, and yet they were able to drive us away. What should we do? Come to find out there was, camp, there was sin in the camp that needed to be dealt with, and so Joshua dealt with that sin, and then he moved forward to defeat the city, or the, the town of Ai, and they continued throughout uh, the land and conquered more and more lands. And next, um, I, I, I want you to see that even though you guys didn't consider yourself to be leaders. You didn't raise your hand, yet you were still able to move a crowd. And now I get the, the, the cards were, you know, kind of stacked for you, but you're able to move a crowd simply by submitting to another and by your example, right? And so this is what we see in the life of Joshua. And this, this morning, what I want to do is kind of look at some of the things that Joshua said toward the end of his life because he gives the people of Israel a choice. And this is what he says. If you'll, We'll pick up in verse uh, 2 of chapter 23. And he addresses the people of Israel. He calls them all together, and he says this. He says, I'm now a very old man. He, he says, you have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime, The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. And he says, I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered, as well as the land of those who we have already conquered. From, excuse me, the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, the land will be yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. So once again, you see this deep-seated confidence in who God was, not in his leadership ability, not in his ability to conquer anything, but he knew that it was God who was doing it and God who would continue to do it. We see in verse 6, he says, So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. He says, Do not deviate from it, neither to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Don't even mention the names of their gods much less swear by them to serve them or worship them. He says, rather, do this instead. He says, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. He says, for the Lord has given or has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you, just as he had promised. So once again, we see this idea that Joshua believed God, he took God at his word, and he knew that he would do exactly what he said he would do. And then he says in verse 11, so be very careful to love the Lord your God. Then he spends the first part of chapter 24 really rehearsing some of the things and reminding all the people what God had done throughout their history. He takes them back and he says, man, look at all that God has done. And so in this season of, of Thanksgiving, our minds are kind of go back to the things that God has done. It's, it's, a, it's a time of year where we're able to look back and say, man, God really has done a lot. God really has brought us through a lot. If you look through the last couple years, 
years even with, with uh, the pandemic and some of the things that, some of the challenges that it brought to our community and to our city and uh, just to our church as a whole with illness and job loss and all this kind of stuff, we're able to look, look back right now and to look back in, in the last couple of years and say, wow, look, look what God did. Look how God brought us through that, even though it was incredibly challenging. So jo- or, or Joshua is rehearsing all the things that God has done for them, building up to this point where he tells them and leaves them with a decision. And he says this in verse 14 of 24. He says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. And then he says, put away forever. They chose to worship their own gods and to to give in to the things that they wanted over what God wanted for them. And so he references that. He says, there's a generation that has, has gone astray. And he challenges the people who are right in front of him in this generation, in this time where Joshua was at, he says, put away forever those idols and worship the Lord. He says, serve the Lord alone. He says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you rather serve the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? So he's saying, there's going to be a temptation to give in to the land that you now live and to kind of fit the mold and to begin to worship other gods that are surrounding you. And then he says, but as for me and my family, he says, we will serve the Lord. So, warning, sometimes saying yes actually means saying no. He told them specifically, he says, you have to choose to put away the other idols in order to say yes to the things that God has for you, right? Sometimes we want our cake and we want to eat it too. Sometimes we think we can dabble in all these different things and all these different areas and then, and then just say and, and kind of add God on top. And Joshua was saying, man, I want Jesus, or I want God to be the epicenter of all that you say, think, and do. I want God to be the one who directs you, like Lisa was directing Danny, right? And so Danny, through Danny, he was able to model for you something that you then followed suit in, right? And I know, I, I get it, that it was an illustration and I told him to do it, right? But there's something to be said about somebody who's willing to submit to another, that other being God, and saying, God, what is it that you would have me to do? What is it that you would want to lead me to do? And I'm going to be diligent to not only seek what you have me to do, but I'm going to be diligent to walk in that direction. I'm going to be willing to move when you say move. I'm going to be willing to raise my hand when you say raise my hand. I'm going to be willing to put myself in a position that allows me to be an example and a model for the community and the people that you've put around me. Not because I'm this great leader, not because I'm the person in charge, but because I simply submit to you and I believe you and I trust you at your word. And so even when it's hard, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense to all the people around you, I'm going to be diligent to say yes to you, even though maybe it doesn't, even though maybe I don't want to, or maybe I know it's not going to be an easy road for me to say yes. 
And this is what I want you to understand, and this is what Joshua highlighted. Obedience is, not a, is a personal choice, not a generational one. You saw an entire generation who decided to go against the grain, de- decided to go against God and walk their own way, and we see what the result of. And Joshua's leaving them with a personal choice, and he says, it's up to you. You have a choice in the matter. Will you ch- choose to serve God for your life? He says, for me and my family, I'm going to serve the Lord. I can't make you serve the Lord, but I can model for you what it looks like to follow the Lord. And so this is what I want to present to you this morning, church, is that that throughout this series, we've talked about caring for our church. We've talked about caring for our community. We've talked about caring for our nation, and we've talked about caring for our world. And that's a lot. There's a lot of things. We've seen and heard about what God is doing in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, and it can seem overwhelming to say, man, I don't don't even know, I don't even know where to start. And so this is what I want you to, to encourage you with. I have a hunch that God is not asking any of you to do all of it, but I am confident that he's asking all of you to do some of it. And so here's the next step for you, church, is to say, to ask the question, God, what is it that you would have me to do? God, what are, what are the things that you would have me to step into? Because I realize that I can't, I can't go around the world and be a missionary while at the same time going around our nation and being a church planner, while at the same time caring for the people that God's put in front of me, while at the same time caring for my family and my kids and raising them in a godly home and all this stuff that I have to do, it can seem overwhelming. But I just want you to simply ask God, God, what is it that you would have me to do? What are, what are the, what's the thing right now that's in front of me that you're asking me to step into and then I'm just going to ask you to make a choice. This is what Joshua did. He said, man, there's all kinds of gods. There's all kinds of things that you can give your time and attention and effort to and these idols that you can serve. But I'm going to ask you to serve the Lord and him alone. And as a matter of fact, I, can't, I know that I can't make you do that. So I'm going to declare to you that as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And so maybe you're not in a position of leadership where you're telling people what to do or you don't feel like you have all this kind of influence or power maybe that you're not this celebrity person that you think, oh man, like, what, what, what can I do? But I'm telling you, by your example, of following the Lord and being submissive to his leadership in your life, you can change a crowd. You can move a crowd. You can move a city. You can move a community. You can move a family. And that's what I want. Like, I'm not, I'm not this like, sometimes I struggle because I'm, I'm not I have a hard time sometimes even even considering myself to be a leader, let alone somebody who's like influencing lots and lots of people. But I want to be diligent to say, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And so when you came in today, every single one of you or on all the seats had a little card, and it just has a really simple question. And it says, 
What is God asking you to do? And then, what will you choose? And so I want you to spend some time this week thinking and praying over this piece of paper and maybe put it on your dash. Maybe you can't answer it right away because it's been a long time since you asked yourself that question. But I want you to like put it in a prominent place. If you've got to tape it to your phone screen that, and you have to move it every time you want to get it on your phone, I, I don't care what you, what you do or how you put it in a, in a place where you see it often. But even if it's something small, like that you would consider really small, like I'm going to bake some cookies and take them to my neighbor and just let them know that I care about them. Or I'm going to be intentional about building a relationship with a cashier at Walmart and just say hi instead of looking down and letting them check out my groceries and say see you later. Like maybe next time our waitress or waiter comes over when we're out to eat, I'm going to maybe ask them to see if there's something that I can pray for them about. Like I, I don't know what it is. I mean, the sky's the limit, and it's between you and God. But again, obedience is a personal choice, not a generational one. And so you have an opportunity to maybe influence the next generation by saying yes. And so what is it that God is asking you to step into And I want you to write it down. Be as detailed as possible. And then be relentless in your pursuit of saying yes. And say, no matter what it takes, no matter where it leads me, I'm going to say yes to this. And I'm going to do it. And all this is going to do is put you in a position where you begin to build the habit of saying yes to God. You're diligent to seek him, and you're diligent to be committed to say yes. And over time, that will begin to allow you to be in a position of influence where people look at your life and say, man, like what an incredible work that God is doing in that person. And you will be able to influence generations and families and communities simply by saying yes. And so I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray that God would just that he would be the king of our heart, that we would allow him to say, yes, like, God, you can be the king of my heart. You can be the one who drives my daily decisions, and I will say yes to you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, to even be in relationship with you. God, we understand that you are a holy God and you are a mighty and powerful God. You are powerful and strong enough to allow a nation to conquer nation upon nation upon nation in in pursuit of fulfilling a promise that you had made to them. God, we know that you are trustworthy. God, we know that you are a God who, uh, who saves and has the power to save. And so God, I pray that this week and in the coming months and in the coming years, that we as a church would be relentless in our pursuit of asking you, what is it that you have for me? And then be relentless in our commitment to say yes to whatever that is. No matter where it leads us, no matter what it costs us, God, I pray that we would trust in who you are and where you're leading us and that we would be diligent to follow and that we would allow you to reign and rule in our hearts forever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
So run to the Father and King of my heart, and, and today you ask the question and say yes or say no. Sometimes you have to say no when you say yes. Yeah. Uh, can you give me like one example of something that you need to say no to by saying yes to the Father? Yeah, um, I think for me what comes to mind is like, like parenting. I mean, parenting is really, really difficult, and there's things that I want to do as an individual um, that would require maybe less time or less of an influence in my kid's life if I were to go and just kind of do my own thing. But I know that God has given me the opportunity and the privilege of being a dad. And so in order to say yes to being a dad, there's some things that personally I have to say, uh, say no to uh, to make sure that my kids have an example of what it, what it means to follow Jesus. Right. Yeah. Well, and here at Bethel, we have a, a incredible volunteers, like people that yeah. have said yes to Jesus, and they say no to other things so that they can put themselves in a situation. They've said yes to dirty diapers, or said yes to crying toddlers, or said yes to uh, having fun upstairs with our Bethel kids in our parking mm -hmm. lot. And so saying yes, um, everyone can say yes. And we, the, the question we ask a lot of times is, what's your next yes? And so today, take that card home, uh, put it on the mirror, re remind yourself, what's your next yes? The only thing i got to say is Jeremiah had like an incredible like opportunity to lead the church in bye 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 by in sync and you didn't do it. <laughs> oh, that would you have didn't sick. do it, man. And failed opportunity. Next time, all right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what a what a great time, uh, Pastor Ruben, ending our, ending our series yeah. uh, with Bethel cares. So the question we ask ourselves: Who cares? Uh, and my prayer is that here at Bethel we would all care. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of caring, uh, this week we got a couple things on the docket just for us to remember. Of course, the, the Christmas season is starting. I cannot believe that we have the last month of the year yeah. right here, 2021. Kind of went by semi-fast. No, it was um, super fast. I don't know, me. it was a little faster than last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this year uh, we're going to end the year uh, kind of focusing on, on Jesus, obviously. Um, we just talked about Bethel Cares, and then we're going to talk in the next month about how Jesus actually does care and who he is. And so we'll be hitting into that next week. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great week. Love you guys. Love you guys.